104.7 The Cave. KKLH, Marshfield, Springfield. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. Touchdown, Kansas City! Now, it's time for Ned Talk. Hey, hey. We're here on a uh, Wednesday night. On the Thursday night, I'm thrown off rough right away. away. Because we've got the uh, delay going on, and I'm trying to figure out how all that's working for me right now. But uh, that's what's going on, and I'm trying to listen to myself and talk all at the same time. Joined in the studio by Ned Reynolds. Ned, how are you? Beautiful evening. Normally we say it's a beautiful day. Well, it has been. Beautiful evening and perfect for a football game. Yes, and Alec Scott is with us. Alec, how are you? Doing great. Um, Game night. Nothing better. Josh Roberts. Hello. Doing fine? Yeah, I am. I'm doing all right. It's a a cool Thursday. Everything going okay? Yeah. Well, good. delay, everything's okay. Okay. (laughs) Well, it's weird when you start to talk and you hear yourself just a few seconds later and you're wondering what the heck's going on. Well, that's what the heck is going on. Like I said, I am Joe Weston. Let's uh, start out by talking about last week's game. Did anybody see that coming? I mean, the Chiefs just ran over. It felt like it would be a high-scoring game, but I but really felt like it would also be close for most of it, and it was not. Kansas City looked like they could score every time down. Keep in mind now, Arizona, it's a little bit deceiving. They're not that bad a team. They're very compromised. They have a lot of injuries. The defensive backfield was decimated, and Mahomes took full advantage of it. He was able to rip the team right down the field. And I'm going to tell you a little secret about the Chiefs, too. They have a, a really fascinating concept of football. You take their three preseason games and the one last week. And what do they do? That first series of plays on offense, they are down that field. They're slicing your throat. They are making you play catch-up football. Right. Now, if somebody figures this out, and I think the Chargers probably realize this, then you have probably a very competitive football game. But if you end up chasing them uh, for the lead in the football game, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. What did you think about that, Alec? You know, I I was expecting a Chiefs win. I don't know if I expected it to be that dramatic. I personally think Arizona's going to take a step back this year, losing Chandler Jones to free agency. They've had some injuries, all the offseason drama with the Kyler Murray situation. Still, I didn't expect Kansas City to come out and just flat run over them. But when you look at it, the Chiefs coming off the offseason, everyone knows Andy Reid's success coming off bye weeks. The offseason, essentially just one long bye. Mm-hmm. I think he was... You don't want to see the Chiefs week one. He's going to be more prepared. He's going to outcoach just about any matchup. And they looked scary on both sides of the ball. What did you think, Josh? You, uh, I know you are probably taking in all of the game. Yeah, I did. You know, what was interesting to me is there were some defensive players out for the Cardinals, which didn't help them at all. It put them at a disadvantage. The Chiefs' offense was stellar. I mean, in the first quarter, they made a comment before the halftime, before halftime, that that Patrick Mahomes had thrown to nine different receivers already. That's exactly what they needed to do. They ran the ball effectively. I, I'll be more critical of the defense as we talk about this. The defense did a great job. The defense had some big plays. Karloftis did really well. Uh, Jones and and uh, Clark stepped up at times. The secondary still needs some work, I think, but. They stopped the Cardinals when they needed to that allowed the Chiefs to get so far ahead that there was no way they were going to catch up. And if that happens every game, nobody's going to beat the Chiefs. If they score 44 points on anybody, they're going to win. 
Arizona is a really good football team. You said it, Ned. They're not bad. They're banged up. They've got a really good quarterback. And besides two late scores, the defense really held them in check all day. Well, Kyler Murray can only do so much. And indeed, I think he is a very good QB. Runs well, scrambles well, has a good head on his shoulders, and he can lead a team. But when you have, <laughs> when you have a defense that is compromised as theirs, you're going to score 100 points to get a win, and yeah. they're not about to do that. They, they, they'll get a little bit better. I agree with Alec here. I think they are probably going to be in for a bit of a tough year until they get some of these people back, and that may be too late for them to be a competitor because heck, they're in the same division with the 49ers and the Rams and, gosh, even the Seattle Seahawks, and they're undefeated right now at 1-0. So I think you have a bit of a compromise situation. Now, tonight's game, I really feel, is a lot different, a lot different in, in the concept and how they played the game. Obviously, obviously. But were you surprised by anything that you saw in the first game from the Chiefs? No, not really, because you fully expect that once they get their hands on the football, that's <laughs> when they when they had the uh, coin toss at the very start and Arizona deferred to the second. No, 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 guys, no. That may, all, that may work in college, but no, no. Don't give the Chiefs the ball. Keep them off the field and see what happened. Bing, bing, bang, right down the field, scoring like that. They are that explosive in the early part of the game until defenses get accustomed to what they're doing. And you'll notice Arizona did tighten up a little bit later on with their kids, but that's where Mahomes took full advantage of their youth back there and their inexperience. He had all those receivers out there, through to nine different receivers. They're in disarray. They don't know who to cover. So, indeed, you have a very big advantage against a team that doesn't have a real good defensive scheme about them. So, yeah, Kansas City's good. How good, I think we're going to see is the... I think tonight's game's indicative. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Tonight's a, a huge test for Kansas City. I, I was going to ask you, too, and, I, and I'll get all your opinions on this. I don't understand why this philosophy of deferring has become in vogue in football. The, I'm sorry. Uh, the, the deferring on the kickoff. Oh, de- because it used, to be, it used to be that you took the kickoff because you wanted to have the ball. You knew you were going to have the ball first, and you could march down the field and try to score. It's the psychology of knowing at the second half that what you have to do, and, and you, I want the ball to start out the second half, no matter what the situation is. So it's more mental than it is physical. Mm-hmm. But in the Chiefs case, you better, you better throw that mental aspect of it out the window because you do not want them on the field. You're listening to Ned Talk, your local live sports talk show on 104.7 The Cave, your home for the Kansas City Chiefs. Pre-game show starts just about 52 minutes from now. Until then, you're stuck with us. Ned Reynolds, Alex Scott, Josh Roberts, and myself, Joe Wesson. Alec, did you see anything that surprised you in the game on Sunday? You know, I, other than just the flat-out domination, I, again, I expected the win not that big. I, I almost think it was a purposeful offense they ran when they wanted to hit all those different receivers. I think they're tired of hearing what will this offense look like without Tyreek Hill. <laughs> right. They wanted to show everybody, well, we don't need one guy to make the engine go, so why not use everybody? And, you know, when you look at Mahomes' numbers in his career without Tyreek Hill, they're very good. You know, I, if anyone thought losing one piece would slow everything to a grinding halt, I think they were severely mistaken. But I think, you know, this is going to be the new norm for them, and Defenses are going to need a second to get some film under them and watch what they're doing. And for a lot of weeks, if they don't figure it out within that first quarter and they're hanging 21, 
you're already out of it. Yeah, this keep in mind what Alec just said there, too. It's going to take them a while, but these are professional coaches, professional players. They will figure out an answer to everything that goes on. I think Chiefs are hitting them with every weapon they have now. I hope that's not the full arsenal, and I don't think it is. No, but the, so. over and above, the, the defenses will figure things out. They always do. They did last year for a while. Still, when you have an explosive level like they do under a really, really top-notch quarterback like Mahomes, you're going to be awfully tough. Josh, do you think the Chiefs are playing a little bit with a chip on their shoulder, like they've got something to prove? Yeah, I do. I think so. I think what Alec was saying about, you know, they still talked about it all game about, oh, Tyree kill this, Tyree kill that. I think they are tired of hearing that. So they're like, let's go out here and show people what we're able to do without Tyree Kill. I was pleasantly surprised at the running game because that's been the one thing that they haven't really been able to do. But they ran the ball effectively, which set up a lot of those pass plays and helped move the offense down the field more effectively. That was the biggest surprise for me, and that was a pleasant surprise. What do you think the, about running back by committee? I think it's a good idea. You do not have, well, case in point is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire caught two touchdown passes. What running game? <laughs> but the fact of the matter remains they were able to manifest that level of their offense in, in pretty good fashion. And they do have some good, not great. I like the Pacheco kid. I think he's going to oh, really yeah. offer a lot as the season goes on. But, yeah, they have the semblance of a running attack. But passing is how they are oriented on offense. That's how they're going to win. It'll be with their aerial game. And it is a very, very good aerial game. Injury bug has bitten the Chiefs. Justin Ross is on the IR list. Also, two joining him, Trent McDuffie. And the big one is Harrison Butker. What did you think about the Chiefs having to go to the well to sign a kicker already? Well, they did sign Amendola, but but they do have Justin Reed, and he is <laughs> he is he's no slouch now. No, right. he's not. He did all right. This is a Stanford kid who I think, if I'm not mistaken, has a soccer background. And he has learned the techniques of how to kick the ball. And I thought he did fine. Now, he, he had one very wide extra point that missed. But yeah. over and above that, I think they have they have a key substitute. Now, not, nobody's going to replace Butker out there. But the fact is that Reed can play the game. Uh, McDuffie, McDuffie's out for four games. This will be the first of four. Yeah. Uh, he has a hamstring injury. And those two injuries in and of themselves uh, are McDuffie does hurt because while he is a rookie, he is a pretty good D-back coming out of the University of Washington. This kid can play. He's a top draft choice. Uh, they'll they'll suffer a little bit without him in there. But again, if you have a 14 or 21 to nothing lead or something, so what? So what do you think about the rookies? Karlofkas, uh, Sky Moore played in the game, uh, Trent McDuffie. What do you think about those guys? What did you see from them in the first outing? Carl Loftus is pretty good. Yeah, he yeah, has he has a lot of ability about him. He is augmented very well by Chris Jones. I thought Jones had an outstanding game, but Jones is injury prone, and he has one of these nagging groin injuries that, oh gosh, sometime during the season is going to keep him out. It, it just the way it always is. Clark, I, I find Clark to be very inconsistent. You know, he comes in reportedly very lighter and in great shape, and all this. Guys, you got to get in there and stick your your head into somebody's gut and play tough football. I'm not sure he's ready to do that. I like Jones. I like Karloftis. He's a hard-charging kid. Their defense is, is all right. I'm not about to anoint it as being great yet, but for the time being, they're just going to get them at least some wins. 
Any of the rookies impress you, Alec? You know, I think Karloftis is a great addition to that line. Jones is such a centerpiece that he's going to draw so much attention. Having someone who's versatile, who can get some pressure on that quarterback, always going to be good. The rookies on the offense, you know, they got him in there. They had some flashes. I think they're still trying to find their way, work him in. Um, I'm excited to see Sky Moore get more and more familiar and get more touches because he's dynamic. I think he would be a great addition once they really get him rolling. What did you think about the new receiving core, Josh? I was impressed. I mean, I you know, I mean, it all hinges on on protection and how mm-hmm. how uh, Patrick Mahomes gets the ball out to him. But I was impressed with him spreading it out to everybody. Like you said, everybody got some receptions or uh, attempts, and uh, there were only a couple of weird drops that I remember that I'm like, come on, man, you got to catch that if you want to get the ball thrown <laughs> to you again. But that happens in every game. So I feel like the offense played really well the receiving core is going to open up a lot of opportunities for the chiefs as long as the offensive line stays healthy there i'm glad you mentioned that too because they're in the unsung heroes the offensive line played very well no sacks they never it's not to say they didn't get to mahomes but he wasn't sacked now he took some hits when he mm-hmm. threw the ball but that's that's part of the game but no sacks and he was able to escape any kind of deficiency that might have uh, erupted in the game, which it didn't very often. That offensive line did a very nice job. Again, I think it, there's such a long way to go. There's 16 more games. You, know, yeah. you can't tell from one game. But I really feel like tonight, with both teams having only three days rest coming out of this, and there's some some thought process that the, the Chargers didn't really put forth the total effort. Now, this is not the players, but the coaching staff. Did they show everything that they had in their game against the Raiders? It was only 24 to 19, and it was a slog, not a slug, but a slog fest. Mm-hmm. It wasn't uh, an overly tremendous, exciting game, and the defense was able to get to uh, the uh, Raiders defense, or Raiders offense, I should say, and keep them well contained. They'd get 19 points, but over and above that, Derek Carr had his problems. Still, nonetheless, <laughs> We'll see just exactly how this is going to work because each team is in the same level now with three days of rest and coming off coming off ball games that were probably physically taxing. Was that really a headline, Derek Carr had problems? <laughs> <laughs> or, or could you just pull the paper out from any Raiders game in the past and just yeah, throw it out on the table? Hey, don't I think, sell them short. They, no, I, don't, I, don't, I, I, I tell you, I, I, I'm, I'm from Missouri, and you got to show me. <laughs> I mean, all of the talk about the Denver Broncos going into the season and having Russell Wilson, that they would be a different team, and they looked like the Denver Broncos of old with Russell Wilson as a quarterback. But, but, Joe, if the coach had used his head, they would have won the game. Well, still, they struggled against a bad team. Seahawks, yeah. Seahawks are not that great. They're not one of the one of the earth shakers, but they're not. These are pro athletes. I know on. they're pro athletes, but still, there's levels within you the consider, pro division. Do you consider Jacksonville to be a pro team or the Jets? <laughs> I really don't anymore. Well, we're we'll like a sub pro team. <laughs> yeah, they're in a different league. They are. Well, let me ask you that. I mean, obviously, t- tonight is a big test because they're playing a division rival. Oh yeah, and. Recently, it's come out that some ranking that was out there somewhere that means absolutely nothing but for guys like us to talk about is that uh, Patrick Mahomes is now the third best quarterback in the NFL. He is behind Josh Allen and Herbert. Now, Herbert? Yeah. If I, I really honestly, 
I think Patrick Mahomes, if I'm not mistaken, uh, on this very station has won a Super Bowl. Yeah. And I, I think that he's beaten Josh Allen and Herbert, too, in the past. He beat him last year. Yeah. So do you really believe that? If you're going to start a team and you've got you've got those three guys are standing across from you and you, you, you've got first pick. Well, I don't know what the ranking formula is. I imagine it's your completion level and things of this nature and how many points your team put on the board. But I would find it awfully hard not to put Patrick Mahomes as number one. He's an outstanding athlete, great quarterback. The fact that he picks out, was he 30 of 39 in the game? Come on, gang. Mm-hmm. For 360 yards? <laughs> And he's not the number one QB. And I'll tell you something about Patrick Mahomes, and I and I hope that I'm not sounding like a homer here, but he's got that. There's something about him that intangible that you saw in Michael Jordan, you saw in Derek Jeter, a guy that would go out and he, you knew he was going to win. I'm not saying I think Josh Allen has the same intangible, but you definitely see it in Patrick Mahomes. Well, the intangibility is called leadership and that's what they are and that is a very rare commodity if you can label it in a fiscal category like that uh, to find in anybody Mahomes does have that on defense Tyran Matthew had that in the backfield that is not there defensively but offensively it is Oh, man. <laughs> I disagree I with he, you, Ned. I know he played for LSU. but yep, that's so <laughs> nope. Never going to root for that guy. <laughs> but the fact of the matter remains, when you have leaders in any aspect of life, be it athletics, be it business, be it world leadership, you're going to have the rallying force that brings together individuals and creates the unity that you need to get a win. And that's what the Chiefs have because Mahomes is that clubhouse leader. I agree with Josh. I think Justin Reed stepping up and kicking was showing leadership. Oh, I completely agree. That was that was so awesome because I'm like, this guy's a D-back and he's like, I can kick. And he, I mean, he didn't all of his kickoffs go... They were all but touchbacks. One went through the uh, uprights. Yeah, I think you should get a point for that. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think you should, too. You I really do. All through the upright, you get a point. All right, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about what we think we'll see tonight as the Chiefs take on the Chargers. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. Part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. We're getting set for the Chiefs pregame show, which is coming up in about 35 minutes right here on 104.7 The Cave. Thursday night football happening. You can hear every minute of it right here on 104.7. I want to point out, too, by the way, and Ned, I'm sure you'll have an opinion on this. If you want to watch the game tonight, it is on Prime, Amazon Prime. If you don't have Prime, listen to it with us. How do you feel about that, Ned? Well, the biggest upset of the night will not be on the field. It will be whether or not Ned Reynolds is able to find this <laughs> this uh, app and see the game, which I don't think I'm going to be able to. Well, Mike's down at Coyotes. You can go down there and join him. Oh, but that would be at a that would be at a 
a bar. I can't be there. Oh, yeah. I forgot, those, I forgot. Have you? Ned, Ned's a teetotaler, so. <laughs> yeah. They serve Sprite there. I, I think this is an extremely interesting experiment, too, on the part of the National Football League. Uh, the prime Amazon folks have spent a lot of money to get this Thursday night game. Thursday night games in the past, and the reason the NFL was wanting to do this, have been a failure on a ratings situation. And it's been on the NFL Network, and I think occasionally hasn't CBS picked it up or whatever the case might be. But it has not been particularly well-received by the public because the matchups haven't been really great, number one. And number two, you can only take so much football. You don't want to overload it. So this, this really limits the number of people who can see the thing. So what they're doing, I think, is aiming their sales forces, and this is Amazon that's doing this, at probably a younger group. The, you know, us older ones, we're going to spend the money. After all, what else are you going to do with the money? So spend it on something. It's the younger folks who need to be steered more toward the sport. And I think that's what they're doing because the younger ones know how to get Amazon and hit the app and whatever else you have to do. Uh, us older ones don't. We don't know how that stuff works. It's exactly right. We Where's don't? that Amazon button at on my remote? <laughs> anyway, that's where it's at tonight. If you don't have Amazon Prime. Turn it up really, really loud, and uh, you know if you're nice enough, maybe Ned and I will come act out the game for you at the uh, at your house. <laughs> that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> so, what do you expect to see from the Chargers tonight, Ned? I think the Chargers. I've telling these guys earlier too. Whoever gets that ball first on offense, depending on the toss of the coin, is going to go right at it right away. Whichever team first thing they're going to do is open it up. I think it's going to be a fairly high scoring game. I that's why I feel the Chiefs will win this one because the defense is a little bit more a little bit more solid than the Chargers, which is not denigrating to the Chargers. After all, they held the Raiders to 19 points last week. But I do think that it's a wide open football game. And right from the very start, whichever team gets that football first is going to march right down that field and try to slice the other team's throat and take advantage because the team that gets the lead in this one has not just an advantage, a major advantage you don't want to be chasing these ball clubs. What do you think, Alec? I mean, uh, my thoughts on the Chargers are they're a, uh, yep, this is going to be their year. Is this really going to be their year? I feel like they've had 10 of those teams in the past 12 years, and yes. the Chargers are, his, they've been a franchise that finds a way to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. They really know how to blow it. Um, that being said, <laughs> they've... On paper, that team is stacked, and I think they're excited to see how their big offseason acquisitions of Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson in that secondary pair up. You got Mack and Bosa. They're, they want them specifically for nights like tonight. Chase Mahomes down, keep him from doing those magical plays he can do. And if he does get the throw off, J.C. Jackson's been one of the better guys at forcing turnovers in the league these past couple years. I... I think this will be a competitive game. I think Kansas City gets out quick early, um, and then Chargers make it interesting late. But it's going to be fun because both these teams are very talented. Josh, let me uh, turn it over to you for just a second. And, I mean, what do you think? Do you think you're going to see more of a running attack tonight? I hope so. Uh, I think with, like, what Alex said, with Khalil Mack and Bosa – Coming off the ends there, they're going to have to do something to get those guys to stay in the box more. Uh, it may open up the running game for the Chiefs, and I, I hope they do that because then that creates those big plays that they are so well known for. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, uh, this is going to be an interesting game. It's a, it's a big test right off the bat early in the season uh, because I think these are the two teams that are the best two teams in that division by far. Um, but Herbert also cut all of his hair off, so... You know, no, I saw him. lost all of his power. He's got a little bit of hair there still. <laughs> we talked about this a lot over the time that we've been doing the show, Ned, and that's the maturation of Patrick Mahomes. And what we've seen from him so far in the limited time that we've had to watch him this season is a lot more maturity as far as just waiting for the play to come to him. He knows now that he doesn't have a guy that can outrun the defense on the on his side of the ball. So now he's got all these weapons to choose from. Do you think that makes a big difference in tonight's oh, I, game? I don't think there's any question about it. Of course it does. And you're right. He turns 27 years old. He's still a kid and has many, many, many effective years ahead of him. But that is right. In his younger days, he wanted the big strike early, and he had the individual to get it done in in a Tyreek Hill. Now it's a different story, and he is different as a quarterback. I, I can't argue that point at all, but he's still very effective. He's still a good scrambler, and he i tell you what I like about him, too. He's not a prima donna. When you step, uh, step into the pocket and get ready to throw, knowing fully well you're going to get the stuffings knocked out of you somewhere along the line, and let's go with that football with authority, and then gets blasted into the ground, perfectly legal, Hey, he gets right up and keeps right on firing. This guy's got a lot of ability about him. What do you think makes this year different from the past years for the Chargers? Herbert being a year, uh, having a couple years under his belt. This kid's Oregon. Come on now. He comes from a high-powered yeah. offensive scheme of things. Uh, and the fact that he had, well, you have Austin Eckler as, as a running back who's very effective at augmenting a passing offense, which is what uh, the Chargers basically are. So I think he's got some weapons. They have the experience. They were there for quite a while last year. So that kind of that kind of mental outlook and perhaps a different physical scheme, which we may see tonight, I think bodes well for this team. They're going to be there. They're going to be there all season long. Marcus Spears has already picked the Chargers to beat the Chiefs tonight. 34-31. <laughs> you'll get our picks a little bit <laughs> later on in the show. Do you think you'll see any surprises from the Chiefs tonight? Do you think maybe they held back a little bit, Alec, and you're going to see a new wrinkle? I I feel like the I don't know, one of those one of these off matchups where the offense are just so highly touted. I wouldn't be shocked if this is one of those nights where the Chiefs come out and they run it 30 times. And the Chargers are content just to sit back and try and limit those big plays. And this high-scoring affair we're all expecting turns into <laughs> a 20-17 to 17, uh, grind them out matchup. Because both, I mean, when you play these divisional rounds, no one knows you better. A lot of times these things can really get ground down to who doesn't make the one critical mistake. What about you, Josh? Well, it's hard to say because they the Chiefs were ahead for the entire game last week, and so they were doing some crazy stuff. Like, they had a formation last week where they had three tight ends in a bunch out in the flat. Or not out on the flat, but out on the whatever. Three tight ends on the field running a, a passing play. I mean, they did some different stuff last week already. We may have seen some things that they would have nest, would have in the past hidden for a bigger game, but... I don't think it's going to matter. I mean, I think the point is, even if you've seen it on film, you still have to stop it. And I feel like if they can contain 
the defensive line of the Chargers, then they're going to eat them alive in the secondary. Ned, when I uh, when I went into work on on Wednesday, I looked at Alec and he goes, "What'd you think of the game?" And I said, "I think the NFL just shuddered a little bit watching the Chiefs." Mm-hmm. Without Tyreek Hill, do you think that uh, there were some people that took notice after Sunday's game? Oh, we couldn't help but take notice. After all, you beat a team forty-four twenty-one. The game wasn't even that close. It could have been. Uh, it could have been a major route. Uh, but you know, here come the here come the Cardinals, and they scored twenty-one points, most of it, if not all of it, in the second half. Does the NFL worry about that? Heavens, no. When you've got a marquee team like that, and you know it. On any given Sunday, of course, in this case, <laughs> wing, it's wing. Any, any given Thursday in this one, but over and above all that, uh, the the league is, there's such parity in this league that a lot of things can happen. A lot of a lot of the media now is sending the Dallas Cowboys right down into the twos because they lost, what, 19-3. Uh, to three. Hey, they don't, they're a good football team. They'll well, be all right. back, too, though. They yeah, did again. lose, they did lose uh, Dak. That's right, Dak Prescott. He's out of there, at least for, well, maybe much of the season, although Jerry Jones says he'll be back. But, but again, keep in mind, these are professional athletes. They are accustomed to overcoming crises. That's what, that's what sports is all about, overcoming whatever barrier is front, uh, in front of you and hurdling that and making it work in your favor. And that's what these guys are paid to do, and that's what they will do every game. And that's why, no, they don't worry about that at all. Kansas City is a good team. Are they the overwhelming dominant team that's going to go undefeated and challenge the Miami Dolphins? No, I don't think so. Dr. Jerry Jones, Dr. Jerry Jones, you wanted an orthopedics. <laughs> when we come back, we'll talk about the rest of the league as we do Ned Talk and get you set for the pregame show happening in 25 minutes. You're listening to Ned Talk. On 104.7, The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7, The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. The Chiefs free game show starts in less than 20 minutes right here on 104.7, The Cave. Kickoff tonight is at 7.15... And it is on Amazon Prime. So if you're flipping around trying to find it, it's not on ESPN. It is not on Fox. It is not on NBC. CBS, ABC, and everybody else. But Amazon Prime, that's where you have to watch that tonight. If you can't watch it because you don't have a Prime account, listen to it right here on 104.7 The Cave. Let's talk about the rest of the NFL and what we saw in week one some surprising turnouts, some surprising things happen. I'll start with Alec because Alec's our resident Steelers fan, and I, I was surprised that they won. I think we all were. <laughs> I mean, ever the sports pessimist is me, but, you know, that was a win is a win. You know, you'll take it however you can get it, even if you have to be plus five in the turnover differential and only win in overtime because their <laughs> long snapper got hurt. But, you know, we'll take it, and... Pittsburgh going forward, that offense really needs to find some rhythm. The defense is not going to produce that many turnovers and sacks every week, especially now that we've lost our best player in T.J. Watt for at least four weeks as he recovers from a partial pec tear. But 
Wins a win, and I'll brag to any Bengals fan who wants to call in and talk about it. Mitch, <laughs> Mitch Trubisky era has started. It's on the clock right now in Pittsburgh. Josh, what about your favorite NFL team, Alabama Crimson? Oh, wait a minute, they're not a prof- oh, they're well, wait, they are kind of a professional team. Kinda. Anything else that you saw around the league surprise you? The biggest surprise to me was the Chicago Bears beating the San Francisco 49ers. Don't sleep on the Bears. They're going to be a good team. The they're going to be a better team this year. And everybody picked San Francisco to win it all this year. They didn't look very good. Well, I know, maybe the Trey Lawrence era is, or Trey Lance, whichever Trey he is, <laughs> maybe which one of those. It's uh, it started a little too soon. What did what did you think, Ned, about the early the early previews? There were two that surprised me specifically. One, the Minnesota Vikings handling Green Bay the way they yeah. did. Yeah. And number two was the New York Giants going down to Nashville and knocking off the Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. It's only one point, 21-20, but still to get that victory, that's big for the Giants. I have kind of a, a personal rooting, and I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan, of course, and the Giants are in the same division, but the running backs coach for the New York Giants is one of our all-time greats ever produced here in this, in this city from college, and that's DeAndre Smith from Missouri State. This guy mm. is a... A wonderful individual, a gentleman in every respect, and certainly knowledgeable of the football game. He has charge of really teaching Daniel Jones how to handle the QB position and working with Saquon Barclay and people like that. And, hey, he comes away with a win in that first game. I love that. Vikings, boy, the Packers just look bad. They didn't look very good at all. I was going to ask you that because, you know, you trade your – you get rid of your top two receivers – who is he going to throw to? Well, one of them was a free agent. Yeah. And the other one was a trade. And the, the trade guy goes to the uh, Los Angeles, uh, Las Vegas Raiders, I should say. So um, it's De- Devontae Adams. But um, I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking of. And now the, uh, the Chiefs have Valdez Scantling on their team, who's also a former Packer. It, it, I don't know. I don't know what their thinking is and what they're trying to do. Were you... Uh Taken back by any of the scores, anything like jump off the page to you? I, mean, I, I think we're all probably a little surprised the Jets started out the season 0-1. Shocked. <laughs> yeah, we're just I've never completely, seen that. Completely shocked. What do you think about the, you know, I guess build as the revenge games, the Broncos and the uh, Seahawks and then Carolina and uh, and Cleveland? Well, in the in the Monday night game, I think the jury is way out because it's a one-point game, number one, 17-16. And number two, I think Denver just didn't use their heads. They, my, everybody in the ballpark yeah. knew what they should have done, and they didn't do it. And uh, going for the first down and things like that as opposed to a 64-yard field goal. Now, come on, guys. Where are your odds here? And in Cleveland, Carolina... Again, you're running into circumstances in which you just don't know how teams are going to behave in the early going. And again, we'll point this out. I saw a ball club, was it 0-5 or 1-5 and go on to make the playoffs? It, it does happen. Yes, it's 17-game okay. season, but it's a long, long way to go, and you can't make any determinations this early. Chiefs played poorly and, and came back. They and, were 1-4. and four. Yeah, they came back and played extremely well to make the playoffs, and there was a lot of doomsayers around it. it again, it's it's too early to tell, but I'm, I'm always interested in these storylines as how the season starts out just to kind of, you know, Detroit's headed the same direction that they've headed for many years. Mm-hmm. Their game was 38-35, to 35, and they could have beaten Philadelphia. And I think Philadelphia's a pretty good team. But if you're a Detroit fan, you got to be sitting there going, oh, no. Here we Here go. Here we go again. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, it's it's a it, it's a week to week league, man. Sure, sure. that's, and, and that's people, what I'm pointing out because in in every single week something's going to happen. That's the way it is. They are pro athletes. You always say that like that's some magical thing it that, is. That, that make that explains everything. They're getting a paycheck for it. We're not. <laughs> well, that's true. that's true. But you know that you know different individuals have different motivations. Whether you're working at a radio station or whether you're working, if, whether you're playing NFL football. I mean, there's guys that are getting big paychecks in every major sport that are total head cases that don't, you know, they do what they're going to do and they don't care one way or another. Oh, I think they understand where they're coming from. Oh, gosh, come on. Run our tests? When they get their paycheck, <laughs> when they know that paycheck, kind of like anybody who owns animals. You know those animals know where they're fed. Well, these guys know where their paycheck is too. All right. Okay. Well, I, we'll just we're going to end our discussion there about that because you and I are never going to agree right. on that whatsoever. So, what'd you think uh, about Philadelphia? That's your team, and what'd you think about their opener? A little shaky at first. Fell behind the Detroit Lions. I think Detroit has a much better team uh, from which they've had in the past. But the Eagles are pretty good. They have a nice little ball club playing away from home in the opener like this and coming back and forging a lead and then holding off the the Lions the way they did, 38-35, I think is, is, a, is symbolic of how they can play. They have a big test this coming Sunday. They have the Minnesota Vikings. I, and I beg your pardon, it's Monday. It's not a Sunday. It's, a, it's the late Monday game. But they are playing in Philly, and the Eagles fans... It won't have snowed there yet, so they won't be throwing snowballs at anybody. Oh, they'll have to throw batteries again? <laughs> That's Phillies. That's not the Eagles. Oh. They throw rocks at the Eagles games. Oh, okay. rocks. Uh, but go. no, it, the, if the Philadelphia crowd is very passionate. They want their teams to win in the worst way, and you know historically they haven't. So I really feel like that Eagles-Vikings game will be a dandy on Monday night. What would you think, Alec? There was a very distinct possibility that we could have had two Ties in week one, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous. What do you think? You know, I'm with well, already having one is ridiculous. I wish we could do away with the tie, be it another quarter, be it kicker showdown, yeah, be kick it a off, game yeah. of dodgeball. I don't care. <laughs> just let's let's do something to get rid of these ties. As, as Pittsburgh tied Cleveland a year ago, and nothing's more infuriating than looking at your record and seeing that one. At the very end, sorry, it was Detroit last year and maybe Cleveland two years ago. I'm sick of ties. So, but that was a shock that Houston hung for Houston to hang in there with Indy and force the tie and Indy to settle for the tie. I think we all would have assumed that Indianapolis was going to go in there, start the Matt Ryan era big on picking on poor old Houston. And that's just not what happened. Yeah, but it's Matt Ryan. (laughs) Old man can still sling it. Apparently not. (laughs) I think uh, all he's got to do is hand that ball off. Right. That's what he should be doing. He did 30-plus times. I mean, that, that that team has a great running attack, and they could be a team. I mean, they could be a team that does something down the road. They're a team that's beat, built to beat anybody. They can play good defense, and if you can run that ball effectively and you limit the turnovers, they can go into any building and hang with anybody. Those are a lot of ifs, in my opinion. When we come back, we'll talk about our picks and get you up to the top of the hour for the beginning of the Chiefs pregame show right here on 104.7 The Cave. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. Part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network.
listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. We're about five minutes away from the start of the pregame show with Dane and Hughes, Mitch Holtis, Art Haynes, Dan Israel. And let's give Ned just a few minutes to mourn Roger Federer yeah. retiring today. Yeah, and that it's a shame too. He is one of my one of my all time favorites, great player, uh, guy who comported himself so very well on the court. Twenty Grand Slam championships, five years running as the number one player in the world. He thought he might be able to come back. He had several knee surgical procedures, and the last one, his rehab apparently hasn't gone very well. But he said today, "Nope, I'm not going to try it anymore." I've got other things I need to do in life. Now, he's one of the world's wealthiest athletes, so money is not a problem. But the fact of the matter remains that he won't be out there trying a court. And I think he is he is forthright and honest with what he says, unlike some of these others. You know, I just might come back. No, no, and not in Federer's case. He knows it's hurting too much, and he knows he's not at his best. So, yeah, it's, it's too bad because he's one of the best ever. Let's talk about a couple of news items just passed across the wire. Ronald Jones inactive for tonight's game, second week in a row that he's missing for the Chiefs. And J.C. Jackson will make his debut for the Chargers tonight at corner. So there you have it. Let's get our picks for tonight's game. Ned, starting with you. I'm, the, the Chiefs are going to win the game. That's I don't think that's the, uh, that's the bet. The bet is the over-under. I am astounded that it's 53 Mm. Bet the over. Bet the over, folks. Over 53 points. I I like the Chiefs to win 38-28. High-scoring game. Very exciting football game. But again, I'm going to stick with whichever team gets a lead, and we'll assume it's a substantial lead, like seven points or more. And the other team has to chase them. Whichever one that is, hey, that team in the lead has a big advantage because chasing either one of these teams is a major challenge. Alec, what do you got tonight's game? I'm thinking Kansas City comes out on top. I think this would have been a little harder to think on if Keenan Allen was playing, but I think that absence is going to be felt in that Chargers offense. I just hope it doesn't come down to any kind of clutch field goal for Kansas City with (laughs) Butker being out. You just never know how the new guy will react, but I think they stay ahead enough that that's not an issue. I'm going Kansas City 34-27. All right, Josh, you. I think the Chiefs are going to win. I think it will be less high scoring. I would almost bet the under on this one, in my opinion. So I'm going to say it's going to be like 28-17 Chiefs. I'll take the under on it because Ned picked the over, and you can usually leave Ned. It's a Ned lock. Go, go, the, <laughs> go opposite. the opposite. Go the opposite. So I'll take the Chiefs winning tonight 24-12. to Let's do another real quick prediction from you guys about baseball. Alec, first of all, let's start with Albert Pujols. Does he get it or does he not? I think I, he will. Now, you're talking about getting it. He's already 700. already solid as the fourth all-time leading home runner in yes. history. That's decided. Does he get to that magic 700 mark? I think he does. I picked him to get 703. That's debatable, but I do think he gets over 700, yes. What do you think? 700 on the dot. I think he makes it. 701 is what I'm going with. What do you? What about I'm you? gonna. I'll be the dissenting opinion. Say he he gets stopped at 699. Boo. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. I'm a Boo. Cubs fan. All right, Aaron. They're Judge. 23 games back, but they're not mathematically eliminated. Aaron Judge, does he get it or not? 
I say he does. He has 57 now. Now, he went homerless last night at Fenway Park. But come on, this guy is so imposing, so powerful. Six foot seven, probably what, 250, 260, can bomb the ball. Yes, I think he gets probably, I'm going to guess maybe 62 or 63. He's on pace for 64. What do you think, Alec? 64. Keeps the pace. What about you, Josh? I'll say he gets 62. I don't think he makes it. And I'm a Yankees fan. I just don't think he makes it. I think he falls short. I think he falls at 59. That's my prediction. I think there's a lot of pressure on a young man, and he's not going to make through it. I, I, I flip-flopped on this because I thought Pujols wouldn't make it. Now I'm, I'm sure that he'll go over. <laughs> Thanks, Ned. We'll see you next Sunday. Next Sunday, 10 days away. What about you, Alec? We'll, hopefully we'll see you on that Sunday. TBD. A lot can happen between now and then. <laughs> Josh, you won't be here. I'll be in Memphis. But we'll find somebody to fill the seats. Join us, or you can listen to us as a podcast online at 1047thecave.com. Thanks to Mike the Intern, Corbin Campbell, Brian Tyndall, and Nick Fury. We'll see you guys a week from Sunday for Ned Talk.